The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Well, welcome, Springs Church. We are so glad that you're with us this morning. If you're visiting with us this morning, we wanted to let you know that there are visitor cards at the welcome desk. There's also a QR code in your Sunday sheet. We'd love for you to fill one of those out because we'd love to get to know you better. And we'd also hope that you might consider the Springs, your new church home. The Springs is a community of believers being transformed into the image of Christ so that many will find their way to God. We do this in three ways. We gather in the name of the Father. Through our weekly gatherings of praise and preaching, we grow into the image of the Son. And we do this through Bible study, through communion, and also living together, and part of that is connections groups. And then we go in the power of the Spirit, loving and serving others. Loving, start, loving and serving starts in our own families, then with our, this church family, our neighbors, our community, and then even the world through missions. I also want to give you a quick plug for a welcome table that's coming up this week. It's on Wednesday, July 5th at 7.30. We are going to have uh, hot dogs and chips in the gym, and we'd love for you to bring your lawn chairs and then join us on the back lawn. Uh, the Cub Scouts are going to make some s'mores at the campfire. Then the youth group is going to lead us in some music and song. And then after that, as the sun's going down, we'll light some sparklers with the kids. And then if you have fireworks, you're welcome to, put, to uh, light them in our backyard as well. But join us for this fun evening of just fellowship and fun. Well, this morning we begin, uh, we are four weeks deep in our summer sermon series. We've had excellent sermons from some of our own, like Ryan Jones and Leah Redling. And then we had the joy of meeting new speakers like Ben Williams from Ada, Central Church of Christ in Ada, and then also Dr. John Mark Hicks, who has 40 years of teaching and preaching and writing, came and brought us three fantastic uh, lessons. It's been a great summer. And all year we've been focused on the word gather with the emphasis of unity in Christ. We gather in unity. And our sermons have reflected that this summer. We have, Ryan talked about unity in baptism. Leah talked about unity in song. Ben Williams, unity in creed. And Dr. Hicks, unity in service. So today, this morning, I've been tasked with speaking on unity at the table. We've already gathered around the tables that border this sanctuary we gather to break bread, to drink of the cup. And so now we're going to pause and focus more deeply on this communion, this table. So I'm going to start by reading from Luke 22, verses 19 and 20. And Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, 
this cup that is poured out for you is a new covenant in my blood. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Lord, we are gathered here today in your name. Our focus this morning is your table. Lord, please teach us that we may understand the power and the presence of the table. We ask that you illumine your word to us today. Bring new understanding as we search to know you more. And finally, humbly, I ask that you give me the, pre- the gift of preaching, that I may speak words that give life. Father, please join this message this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. In my mind, there are few things that are more intimate and familiar than your kitchen table. Bring to mind, bring to your mind your own childhood kitchen table. It is likely well scrubbed. It probably bears a few scars from use. And I'm sure there are some stories around that table. And some of the more egregious scars and places that are worn, I'm sure there's places where the varnish has given up and the wood is now exposed. Places where the Sharpie bled through during that late night homework assignment that had to be done by the morning that you didn't know about until 11.30. That place where something had spilled and warped the wood just so. All of the marks and scuffs tell of life that has lived, that has lived around that table. And like the tables in our homes where we gather and where we are shaped, we are also shaped here at these tables. Today I want to talk about the table. Sometimes we call it the Lord's table, communion, the Lord's supper. At the table, we pause, we remember. It's a place where we share and where we receive where we are known and we learn to know. It's a table that's grounded in the cross and celebrates the new life that we have through Jesus. And we experience this redemptive work of the kingdom. So as we look closely at the table, I want us to consider three things. First, I want us to consider God's pursuit of humankind to commune. God pursues us. Second, I want to look at how Jesus changes everything. And finally, our response to the table. So first of all, before we can really see what's happening at, each, at these tables each week, let's glance back through Scripture. This table, or at least what the tables represent, is throughout the Old and the New Testament. In fact, The table begins at the garden. In the book, Come to the Table, Dr. John Mark Hicks sums up the story of God and humankind like this. From the beginning, God created. 
One might ask the question, why did God create? Scripture replies, God created so that there would be communion with him. God created humanity to share his table, the garden. Yet humanity chose to disrupt this communion and go their own way to try to sit at their own table. In other words, God invited Adam and Eve to fellowship at the table in his garden. Yet the first man and woman created their own way through sin, rejecting this invitation and unknowingly opening themselves and us to pain and suffering. Yet God continued this invitation to return to fellowship, to sit at his table. God pursued Abraham. And through Abraham, he created a nation, and through the altar, an invitation for humankind to come to the table. Yet again, the people of God, the chosen people, would forget God and turn away from the table, seeking their own way. Then in slavery, God heard the cry, raised Moses to lead them out of slavery and into the wilderness with mighty signs and wonders. Yet sin sin came in, and humankind would forget God. Through the Old Testament, we see God's steadfast love and pursuit of humankind. There was the tabernacle, There was the temple, right? Both these things bore the presence, the presence of the Lord. Humankind would remember the Lord for a while and then would wander away, forsaking God again, turning away from communion that he was offering. Then God himself descended to invite humankind to his table through Jesus, through the life of Jesus Through his son, God again pursued fellowship and communion. Jesus, the son of God, took on flesh. He walked and he ate with both believers and sinners. And what did we do? We rejected the invitation by nailing Jesus to the cross. Yet God raised Jesus from the dead and on the third day saved us once for all. Once for all. And Jesus being raised from the dead gathered his disciples that had been scattered and with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the church was born. And now the church, this church, our church, communes weekly at the table of the Lord. Can we grasp the magnitude of the table? Can we really grasped the presence of the Lord at the table. Because of Jesus, there is no longer a need for sacrifice. He is the new lamb. Jesus came as a perfect sacrifice, shed his blood once for all, and in doing this, communion with God was restored. The separation caused by sin is no more, and we have communion with the Lord again through Jesus. When Jesus sat down with the disciples in the upper room for that Passover meal that we often call the Last Supper, 
All that had, had gone on before him was with, there with him. All of the ways God had pursued man, mankind was present. The garden, the altar, the tabernacle, the temple. It was all present as Jesus sat and you could almost feel the rumble of eternity as Jesus picks up the bread, right? And he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. And this is my blood poured out for you. A new covenant was created. Through Jesus' sacrifice, all the way, a new way to the Father was created Sin no longer is our barrier. We don't need an altar anymore. The barrier between God and mankind is gone. Everything has changed because everything changes at the table. Because Jesus changes everything. Can you see it? Can you really see the depth that happened? Sometimes I wonder, as we, we have this weekly experience the, to the table, I have to ask, what is our response to the table? I wonder sometimes if we take it a little too lightly. Or like humankind often does, we make it about ourselves, or maybe we even twist it into religion. Do we respond to the table with religion? The late Tim Keller who was recently passed and well-known and longtime preacher at Redeemer Church in New York City. He concisely describes the difference between religion and the gospel this way. With religion, I obey. And because of my obedience, I believe I'm accepted. And therefore, God owes me. My relationship with God becomes an exchange or almost a transaction. I obey, then God will do this for me. This is how I'm accepted. I obey, I'm accepted, he does something for me. We put, it on oursel we put ourselves at the center, right? We make communion with God about us. And we are in it as long as we get what we want. I think we all have to fight this and be mindful of this sinful and selfish tendency. Yet the gospel is something very, very different. When I understand the beauty of the gospel, that Jesus changes everything, and he unites us with God, we see clearly the gift and the grace of Jesus. And we see first that we are accepted and loved. And then out of that gratitude, we obey. And then we live a life that reflects that we owe God everything. You can see the subtle shift in thinking, yet it's essential. We can't earn a seat at the table. Jesus has done that for us. Keeping Jesus at the center of the table orients us in a way that allows us to live our lives as chosen, accepted, and loved willing to obey out of deep gratitude, ready to give our lives to join this beautiful goodness. As we come to the table, we acknowledge all that Jesus did from the garden 
until now. We see the weight of the sacrifice and we rejoice that Jesus loved us when we were still sinners and died for us that we may have a place at the table. So we come to the table fully accepted. Our place is secure. And we take in both the bread and the wine. And then with the Holy Spirit, we face the challenge of living our lives as a people that represent Jesus. We are shaped and we are transformed. We are shaped by the table. I have an example of when I was shaped at my own family table. In the seventh grade, I decided I was going out for the track team. I did it mostly because I thought the uniforms were very, very cool. And I really had never run before. In fact, I'd never run much at all. It was too much pain. Um, and so the first practice came, and I was shocked by how hard it was and how long it took. And it was a hot day, and I had to run the perimeter of the football field. And then I had to pair up with someone and do a bunch of sets of sit-ups, only to stand up again and to, do, to run the football field again. We did this endlessly for, an, for endless hours, I'm sure. I'm sure it was probably 45 minutes. But anyway... So I was, my internal dialogue was, what am I doing, and what, what was I thinking? And on the la one of the lapses, I was going around and around in the grass, in the heat, in the really cool warm-ups that are now hot. I was lap, making a lap near the locker room, and instead of taking the turn to keep going, I ran into the locker room. And I proceeded to hand in my really cool uniform, and I walked home. And around the dinner table that night, um, I proceeded to tell my dad about that story. And he listened, then just looked at me straight in the face and, this is not who we are. This isn't how we do things. We don't stop mid-practice and go in the locker room. We're not quitters. It was a shaping experience for me. You know, he shaped me up. And this is really one of the favorite stories for my siblings to talk about. Um, they won't forget it either. But like the tables at our home that shape us, that gather us and shape us, we are gathered and shaped through communion. We have a secure place at the table because of Jesus. We come to the table dearly loved and accepted. Like our childhood table, you had a place at your childhood table, right? A place that was always your spot, you didn't earn that spot, right? Well, it's the same at the table of the Lord. Jesus is pulling out the chair and placing you at the table. You didn't earn this spot. He created this place for you. And, and there we learn to trust God and each other as we open our hearts and hands to the Lord's shaping. And as the years go by, we discover that every part of our life belongs to God. So here's what I hope that you take away from this sermon. Like our own kitchen tables, where life is lived and love is shared and families are shaped, how much more the Lord, the Lord's table, is where we are joined by God, where he nourishes us 
with holy meal and where he where we can learn at this mysterious place where we discover Jesus and who he is the king and high priest the savior of all we discover who we are chosen beloved and fully accepted we give thanks for the sacrifice given and the grace received it is here where we are transformed at the table we remember with thanksgiving that we live in a time now that we have access to the father through the son and we are empowered by the holy spirit it is a place where we share our lives and where we receive life where we are known and accepted dearly loved and deeply and encounter the deep deep goodness of god it is a table grounded in the cross and turned into a feast of celebration where we experience the love and grace of god may we experience grace and unity at the table would you join me as we stand and sing <laughs>